This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain any spoilers to our knowledge, but does mention Euphoria, Shadowhunters, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Supernatural. For full list, please see show notes. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Daughters of the Moon, books three and four, Nightshade and the Secret Scroll by Lynn Ewing. And Jessica, Jessica Marie, are you happy to be back in 2000s L.A.? I very much am because I just came back from 2000s LA, not in a time traveling way. I was just in LA for work for like a week. Um, but so many of the places that were referenced here, I mean, I, obviously I know that they're referenced before, but even book three specifically, so much took place on Wilshire and it's, it runs through like all of LA. But I was like, oh, well, w- based on proximity of where I was, where were they in the book? And I go, oh, Oh, I could have, I could have walked there on a good day. I didn't, but <laughs> it was just, it was really refreshing and exciting. Um, and then there were other times where I was like, Oh, I definitely walked in this, you know, when I was going to say Maddie, when Jimena was, <laughs> was like talking about certain parts that she's in. I was like, I've definitely walked through this area and she's saying it's not so great. And whoops, like didn't know that part. <laughs> so. I think anytime we read something where we have some sort of familiarity with it, it's it's fun because you're like, oh, I, I've been there. I know that place. So were you happy to be back with our girls, our four girls? But uh, for Nightshade, I mean, you're your girl down day one. Yeah, since day one. And I think it's super fun because you never know when you read these, or any type of series, the more, the more you get to know your characters and you're like, oh, she's my favorite. Oh, this person's my favorite. But she remained my favorite the entire time. And I was telling you before this episode, I go, she was giving off some strong Maddie Perez vibes. And I was here for it because Maddie is such a favorite of ours in Euphoria. And you just, it was, it was just Maddie. In a book. Like, it was great. She was going hard. It, it really was. Oh, my God. Himino was absolutely just killing it. And the opening of Nightshade, she is being her badass bitch self, walking down the road, tapping on cars when they come in her way. Like, I'm sorry. No. And then, like, when they were saying, like, it was raining and she's in this, like, clingy dress, I was like, okay, Isabel Lightwood, go right? off. We love it. <laughs> Her strappy ankle-breaking heels, like, all right, all right, go. And it's raining and she's like, they know I'm not strapping because my clothes are way too tight tonight. Like, it's so, it's Ooh. so good. And I mean, I know we'll get to this later and when we keep discussing about it, but I know we've discussed this, um, where how... um Maddie would use makeup as an armor kind of thing when in, in the show Euphoria. And I picked up on that more 
this, like, again in this read, because we talked about it in the first episode between books one and two, but every time before they were going to go hard, they were, like, their eyeliner was sharp enough to kill a man. Thank you, Taylor Swift. And then they were glittered out. If they were going to fight and if something was going to happen, they were going to go down in style. And it's still so badass to this day. We love consistency, right? Like, we we just love it. Uh, the cover to Nightshade is purple. And here is her outfit. It is a halter top and black pants. That is what she wears, uh, uh, Himina, in her final battle, as we like to call it, when she gets all done and she gets her tattoo. We'll get to it. Um, I love, I love this book. I, or Nightshade. I love this trope. Uh, this trope seems very much like charmed to me for some reason. Like, like the, the ghost, not a ghost, but like kind of oh. there, you know, hidden boyfriend can't tell my friends, but like, oh, you know, emotional damage kind of situation. <laughs> well, that's pretty consistent considering on like what we grew up watching too. It, it really is. Uh, but I did, I did like this, this new theme that we have throughout books three. Um, and we see it in four too, where it's like, um, Caddy and Humina really want to solve these problems on their own, right? Uh, they, they say they're, they're gonna stick, they're gonna do it, they're gonna stay with the team, but they don't. Both of them. Sounds like very much like the other, you know, strong female leads that we love in our fantasy. Yeah, no, for real, for real. And I, and I have to say, um, I, I remember reading this the first time. Uh, I was not expecting this Tartarus, this Tartarus plot line. I remember being like totally taken aback, even though like it's it's daughters of the moon. Like, hello, where is my head? Uh, but I was, I was, I don't know. I, I was gonna say like pleasantly surprised again. I was like, oh, Tartarus, cool. Speaking of Tartarus, when they're at MacArthur Park in L.A., all I kept thinking was like all these quakes, and I guess every time every time there was a quake, we learned that Vito was like, because he says to Humana, he goes, "Oh, um, I'm going to show. Let me show you how I came out of Tartarus every time I came to visit you." And then you know we learn through you know through the book that every time there was a quote unquote earthquake, but it wasn't really an earthquake. It was earthquake to, um, like. The people from LA, but it, but the daughters of the moon knew better. Basically, they're like, that's not really an earthquake, and you find out that that's how Tartarus was opening up. But everybody's just like acting like it's a normal thing, and it made me think, like, what is this? The Hellmouth? Are we in Sunnydale? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's very blasé about it. Like, yeah, it's everybody's fine. super casual about it. <laughs> oh, another earthquake! And I feel like maybe that's how it is in LA. I've been fortunate enough to never experience one when I've been out there, but that has to be terrifying. I, I think it would be terrifying. Uh, but uh, Humina does say, like, no, my my blinds are not are not shaken. So that that's not an earthquake. My blinds always shake during an earthquake, or or it's like uh, there wasn't there wasn't. Or they were calling it thunder or something. Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, well, there wasn't lightning either." So, I mean, I guess you know that this is our you know we're using our our brains here. We we love it. Um, I I I really okay. I want to get into the book. You brought up the earthquakes. Um, we meet Vito right away. Right away, do we want, should we do a rundown of, like, the main characters in this book? Yes. Give me the main characters of this book. Although, I do, before you do that, I do want to say, 
the way that these books are laid out and the way the information is repeated to us, I do feel like you could pick up so far any of these four and yeah. have enough like, oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to go back and read the first one now because I'm interested in all of this stuff. But it does tell you what has happened right. up to the point in each book, which I find very helpful. Well, and I know it's a huge series, so I feel like the first four books, you can definitely do that. I think book by the time we get to book four, it is so plot heavy that you might want to be like, even if you're reading partway through, you're going to be like, you might go back and then you go, okay, now I'm going to read four with all the additional context that I have now. Um, that being said, we have our four main characters that we've had. I say they're all main characters, even though like yeah. these like books three and four is our Humana's and Caddy's books. Um, but you have Vanessa, whose power is like molecular. She can be invisible. She has molecular disappearance. Caddy, um, which she's book four. She has time traveling powers. You have Humana, who's book three, and she has premonition. Serena can read people's minds. We've already discussed Serena's book. I think that was book two. Mm -hmm. um, you have Stanton, the followers, the Atrox, Michael, who we discussed in book one. He's still like in these books um, who was Vanessa's boy ex-boy or no boyfriend the next boyfriend and then yeah. it seems kind of like in limbo um you have colin who is serena's brother which we have made lots of speculations and we get our answers in these two books and then we have Vito, who is jimena's ex but he's her ex because he died so but he's back so <laughs> there we are Those there are we like are names. Oh, and Toby, and Toby. Who, who who plays a role in the fourth book, who winds up being Vanessa's boyfriend, and maybe a little bit more, but we'll get into that. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, uh, Vito, Vito, Vito's dead. Vito's dead. We know this. We know that Vito's dead. Um, I love the way that Vito is portrayed here because we meet him in like the first chapter. Uh, you know, he made us walk in the rain. We already described it. She hears, you know, Jaguar. She's thinking about Vito. And all of a sudden she turns and there he is. It's a streetlight and his coat is out. And it's like flapping, right? As he walks towards her. And she's like, are you real? And they have this moment. And later she's like, yeah, I fucking like hallucinated that whole thing. What am I on? Like, he's dead. What What is going on? Uh, I love this because, 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 um, I love that Vito eats. I I just I like that little detail because it it's it confuses us. It solidifies. You're like, wait, maybe he's not. Maybe, maybe he's it's not, not a this... ghost. Yeah, yeah. like because he's he's eating a lot and he's like digesting. I can see like everything that's like what it what what well, is this? And he's knocking. Well, I guess now saying that I was like he was in the kitchen. He's knocking things over, mm -hmm. and I go, but no, but like. Spirits are known to do that too, so it would have to be the the eating that is tangible. Yeah. But then you have the grandmother telling her, "Oh, you know, you've always, you know, you've always had these powers. You've always like been able to see spirits. You know, there's a part of you who still wants to believe that he's still here." And she's like, 
Maybe. 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 But he ate, he ate all your tort, like he ate all your like chilies. <laughs> he ate all your salsa and tomatoes. Like I didn't do that. Did I do that? Like it's just very funny. It's, it's, it's a little detail. We talk about the little details. Uh, it's just a little detail that I like to really throw us off. And it just makes Stanton's like shade throwing ha, a little later of uh, just that much more satisfying. Um, so I guess like the basic plot here is, Humina sees Vito and she doesn't really know what to do about it. And she, she desperately misses him and wants to be with him. But, you know, Colin is also around. I love that trope of whenever I'm reading, um, either like the best friend sibling trope or the sibling's best friend trope. I love that. I don't know why. I think it's always fun. Because you know what? Because it's not friends to lovers. It's always been, there's always been an attraction there, but it was also very like taboo. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's just, it's so fun. It, it, it's so fun. Especially because Colin just like seems really adorable. Do you think? Like he that- seems so like, and you can tell that she's like trying to push him away. Like you're just so, you're so stupid. Go date some bimbo, blah, blah, blah. Where you know he's like, a thinker like you could tell he's just like so much deeper than that no fear right no fear he's just so so sweet sweet. i mean like it would have he i would have fallen for colin that is no secret i feel like anybody listening to this podcast and reading those series they'd be like this this is the this is who jess would fall for like this this sweet boy oh my gosh such golden retriever energy (laughs) such golden retriever energy uh somebody that is not sweet does does not have golden retriever energy uh it Cassandra and these premonitions that is going on. Uh, so Himina has, I think, like three or four premonitions. And the thing with her is that her premonitions always come true. That is just like something that is like kind of reinforced and drilled into our heads here. And we should remember that. Uh, but she sees one with Cassandra and Vito, like having a thing, having a situation, like kind of being connected. Um, we just, we just don't like Cassandra with the STA on her chest. Uh, the the thing though with Cassandra, and then we get Morgan as well with her new like piercing. Like Morgan is like so, uh, but we get some information about the sin. I can't even say it right. The sinsty, sinsy, sing. I was saying sinkty because I think it was C I N. C T I. So I think I was just like breaking it up. It could be wrong. It was like sync T. Sync T. I have I have no idea. But we get to learn that that's the inner circle of that that Atrox and I. A I bad do, inner circle, not a yeah, good the inner bad circle. inner circle. And uh, I'm bringing this up because Cassandra has been like recently favored because she went back in time and like did something and she has a plan to get the daughters of the moon. And we know because we read this that she went back. And uh, fucked around with Vito and, like, saved him. I was going to ask, like, do we find out what the thing was? Because I feel like she messes something in the past. She changes the past. But I feel like if... If you, you, it could be very confusing if you, if you're not familiar with fantasy or sci-fi or, like, the way... Um, Ant-Man describes time travel <laughs> in Endgame or with Doctor Who, like having specific, like I feel like having specific sh- like uh, pop culture reference really helped understand that moment where they were like, you can't change the past because then the past is technically your present, which is affected like that past is like your present. It's like very secular and how it was described. So I, 
So do we ever really find out? Because either way, he never died. He just exchanged his soul. And the exchange with the Aatrox is what allowed him to be a solidified version of himself. But he was still considered, like, dead in the shade. Yes. So you are absolutely correct. A thousand, hundred million percent. And he and Vito thought that he had, like, tricked Atrox, right? Like he's like, no, no, no. I made this deal, but like, you know, I'm I'm smarter than them. Like I I I got all the goods, right? But that wasn't the case because we he ends up betraying it in the end. But yes, he was the thing that they they went back and they made the bargain so that he could worm his way in to Humina. That I think that is a theme here is that the the men, right? Don't the trust men. men. Don't that's trust the theme. That's the theme. Don't yeah. don't trust don't trust men. Um because don't trust like secretive men, new men, uh just like jealous, jealous men. men. Look at how Toby uh, you know that's consistent. Uh what was that like the clingy the clinginess like yeah. when they were saying oh all of it. All of it. That's consistent through books one through four. You know, and then we have Stanton, you know, okay, we'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, but I do, I do really, I, I like this. Um, the drama between the girls. This is also kind of a theme between books three and four. So Himina does not approve of Stanton. Like, and they are not, uh, really telling the other girls, Vanessa and Caddy about Stanton. They're kind of keeping, you know, keeping it secret. That's not really cool. And she's making it vocal too. It's not like yeah. she's internalizing it. She's like, you need to talk. I don't like the secret keeping. You yeah. need to be, you have to put this out there. This is not, and this isn't my secret to tell. So you need to be the one to do this. Yeah. And it does create like kind of a lot of tension here. And uh, Himina does have some fights with some of the girls, just like she is really defensive, especially with Serena. Uh, later on, um, when she sees them out with Stanton, they really just like have it out. But I, I like that because these inner working like kind of dynamics are real life friendships and it's not like perfect all the time, especially when it comes to, um, boys like this and in high school. For the age that this is targeted to, this is real life, especially when we get to uh, book four uh, with Vanessa and Toby and Michael and like Vanessa changing. But like, you know, we'll, we'll stick here in, in Nightshade for right now. I I really do have a soft spot for Stanton. Do you have a soft, soft spot for Stanton? He has grown on me. So, I mean, I know when I read the first book. And my live reactions I would send you. I was like, I don't trust him, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, book two, I think it was book two, where you have the ship. Maybe it was still book one. Um, because you have Vanessa, like, saving him as a child, the selfless act. And then two, he, you're like, what side of the fence is he playing? I don't blame anybody for being a little cautious when it comes to him. Um, and then, of course, by book three, I'm like... There's some like I like him. I like him. I trust him more than I was expecting to by this point. Um, but I I respect Caddy being on on the edge of being like, mm, there's something about I mean, but I, she's you know, when we talked about um in our HOSAB episode where uh, what was the, what was, what did you say about being an Olymp- Olympic medalist in, um, what was the word you said? What, what was the language I you said? I don't know. I don't you, know. But basically, you were like, uh, basically, Caddy's the person to be like, I don't trust this guy. I, um, 
uh, and I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know. And she doesn't like any of the guys that her friends are dating. And she's like being vocal about it. And she's like, it's just something about them. I can't put my finger on it. And of course, especially at that this age and for some people even now, um, that's a very sensitive topic to broach with friends. It really is. It is a very, very sensitive topic to broach with friends, which is why I think um, Ina doesn't really tell anybody about Vito for a long time. And she's just like, you know, in the park, chilling, chilling with him in the park, you know, chilling with him in our in her grandma's apartment, which I love her grandma, by the way. Oh, my God. That woman. Bless. I want to eat her cooking. Um, I forgot I, how they, how young they were because they were talking about like the change that we know happens at 17. And then her, her grandma was like, Oh, I'm going to go down to San Diego for, um, for like to help out with the restaurant. And I was like, she is 15. You know, like I know we were, I know at that age, we were all at that, uh, like a lot of people are given that permission to like babysit and take care of, you know, raise families basically. Um, but God forbid you had the house to yourself at 15 in LA. <laughs> I mean, in Florida, no less. I can only imagine L.A. Um, you're like, nope, nobody's going to come over here. Or my, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I just grew up in a really strict household. Well, no, my my family would never leave never. me alone for for an extended period of time, especially right. overnight. Like, abs- absolutely not. Um, and also, you know, houses are scary at night when you're a child and you're alone. So, like, you know, and you get in your own head. You've, yeah, I'd be like yeah. me and the dog. You know, it's it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Um. Uh, speaking of the kind of creepy things that happen at night, the, this Tartarus pit, man, I really, I am just flabbergasted that I didn't remember this plot line and that, uh, the Greek myths are so big right now. And everybody's, you know, everybody's talking about it. And then here, you know, here it is. Here's this like 20 year old story about these teenage girls. And oh, here's, you know, Tartarus. It's just this. Uh, well, and then like you had you had Severus Sever. They were like, "Don't look back! Don't look like you just knew it, what some of the reference points are." You know, after I probably about book three, but definitely in book four, it kind of reminded me of how you have the framework of the show Supernatural, where you have an overarching plot each season but then you have the episodes which are like the mini lead-ups into like the bigger thing that's going to happen and that's what the series so far feels is like you have the big thing that's happening obviously with the atrox and every and you know trying to go after the daughters and then they need to like you know kill with kindness basically and then you have all these like little mini things happening in between to build up to the bigger thing and one of the little little (laughs) things that happens is uh stanton calls out Vito and says that he's an animated shade owned by the Aatrox. Like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, I can see this clear as day. And Hemina gets so angry. She's like, what, what the fuck are you on about? And, and Serena is like, why would he, why would he lie about? Like, he would, if one, he would know. Two, why would he lie? Three, I trust him. And four, why are you so defensive? Like, you also feel like something is off here. And she's been saying that, and I, and, and she was obviously, she's in, in a relatable aspect to her, lashing out at the people that you're closest to. And she's obviously close, like, Jimena, like, she, Jimena, like, Serena has, they've said, like, they are 
out of like the four of them they're all best friends but obviously she's closer with serena um serena like she's like she has had my back since day one and i trust her with my life like that's repeated from the beginning of the series and even in this book um and in fairness, she keeps trying to get Vito to talk to her and he just keeps procrastinating on the whole situation. Oh, well, let's just enjoy the sun. Oh, well, let's walk to the park first. Oh, let's do this. And finally, she gets to that point. Be like, fucking tell me because you keep dragging this on. And now I'm looking like the fool. Yeah, it's like you're making me look like an ass. Like, just just talk to me. I'm so I'm so done with this. And they do finally have like like a talk. And he betrays the fuck out of her. Like, and it, it is so wild. He's like, okay, okay, let's, let's talk. All right. And then he's like, well, let me wear your necklace. Let me wear your necklace. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Like, I'm sorry. Step the fuck back. No, thank you. Um, and then we get complete and utter betrayal. Cassandra comes out. She's like, ha, ha, ha. And just, uh. and it's such a low point for her too, because at this point, she's feeling like, well, I'm, am I a daughter? Am I a goddess now? Am I not? This is just supposed to be a symbol, a representation. It doesn't actually have truth to it. So, and she's, and on top of all of that, the, at this point in her life, the love of her life just returned back from the dead. Of course, there's going to be, I guess, like this makes sense because what other reason would he be here? Like you start doubting yourself in every, at every angle. And you're 15, like, and you're, and you're 15, yeah. that this is just so important. You're, you're 15. So Cassandra comes out after this, like, betrayal, and she, like, sucks all of Himina's power out, right? Very scary, very scary thing. I was just like, oh, the whole time, like, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, so she has, she has, she's powerless, or she feels that she's powerless, right? Um, and then we have this really wonderful scene with Diana and, like, the three dogs, and it kind of, like, goes back to... Uh, Diana was there when Himino was born and we have the story in the beginning of the book, which is like, you'll be a fierce protector if you're born in the wilderness, you know, and Diana. And, and I love that. And that's how we get the Orpheus myth. And, um, she tells Himina that, you know, it's inside of you. Your power is like inside of you. And it's like, thank you, feminism. I didn't know I needed when I was a child, but really appreciate it. And I reread now, like, yes, thank you. And how about the other, the additional line where she was like, the things that harm you can also help you. Like, tell me, like, I don't, even though this is why we reread, <laughs> because if I read this when they came out and, or, you know, when I was this age, like this young age and impressionable age, I would not have pulled this stuff. And I think this is just such a, Another wonderful reason why we reread, why um, there should not be gatekeeping and genres of reading. Um, I mean, you get more lessons out of some of this stuff when you're older. Absolutely. And... You know, the, this Vito, Vito like dying in the church, that, this whole like scene, really emotional. And I remember as a kid being like, Where's the battle? Like, okay, this is okay. This is plot moving on. But I remember being like, God, Vito, like, he was like, I just wanted to like be here and like experience. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Did you feel that this time, you know, if you felt that way, you're like, where's the battle as a, like when you were younger, did you feel that same way reading it now? No, now it, it was now it made me appreciate that scenes like this are in books for children 
because children go through all different stages of grief for all different reasons. And so any representation of that is helpful for someone that might need it, especially because for children that those resources just like aren't always available. So even just talking about it in 20 year old books is more helpful than not. Right. No, I love that. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, and like you said, like, and everybody goes through goes through things differently and how they have to process things differently. I mean, and you see mm-hmm. that at the end of the book, too, um, where she feels like she finally had permission to, like, feel again because yeah. of, like, the words that he said in the church, you know, like that that can stay with a lot of people. And what does Vito say? He says, like, um, you know, go go with that boy. That boy will love you right. You know, talking about Colin, like, because they had a little, like, kind of beef. Uh, Planet Bang. Planet Bang. I love Planet Bang. That, Planet you know, Bang. I will say that <laughs> Planet Bang has to be, like, the bronze because they have teen night, like, every other night. But at this point, I'm just choosing to believe that they had fake IDs. <laughs> yeah, they, they had fake IDs. They like, were they living had it teen up. night. But then, I don't know, totally, like, some of the people, I'm like, mm, I don't think you're a teenager. There's no way. Toby might have been a senior at whatever the, the competitor high school was, even though we know he was much older than much that. Much older. Um, uh, so running theme with all the yes. boys in this book, too. Yeah, just about. <laughs> Between Chris and Toby and Stanton and yeah. Vito. And Vito. We got, we got these. Vito was, we, like, yeah. We got Vito these was men. like the most age, age appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. Air I think so. I think so. Uh, we we are at like the end of this book. We are at the showdown in the park. Um, Himina is wearing her the outfit that she was wearing uh, when Vito died, when she found out that he was dying. So it is a um, halter top with black jeans. And she decides to go to Caddy and she asks Caddy to do a tattoo on her, which, you know, respect respect not something that i would do uh but we have faith in caddy's abilities and uh, i can see from the book cover that it turned out nicely that looks so good so we love a poke and stick situation go caddy and we also love book accurate covers right yeah because like that's a little detail that did not need to be on that book I, it's just quality. We're here for quality. Uh, I just, I, I love this so much. Okay, so uh, Himina has a gun. She uses the gun as distraction, right? Um, she has two. She's packing. She, yeah, she's packing. She's packing. How do we feel about this showdown situation? Uh, you know, I understand her frustration and her rage. I, once again, will say a lot of these characters are better than I would ever be. <laughs> I it's think true. It's like, okay, you know, but I understand, like, that's the whole, I mean, we talked about it in, like, the episode one and two, was that it's a roundabout saying, like, you can't hurt and fight them with violence and evil and anger. You literally have to kill them with kindness. But I could understand, like, especially with how Jimena was raised, like, she's probably, you know, and then you find out more about her background where um, that her mother, the way her mother kind of like it, 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 it shone a light on 
uh, like people who have just different family dynamics. Her mother chose, you know, drugs over her and she stayed with her grandmother and her brother, but her brother moved to San Diego to be with her uncle to work on a restaurant. And in a way, her grandmother, their income is based on her food. She like basically does home cooked preparation for all the moms in LA and Beverly Hills and Bel Air and that area. Um, if you look on a map, it'll make more sense. It's like, you know, within two to seven miles from that radius. So, um, she, Jimena is just, I think it's just a beautiful way this book shows that family dynamics are all different and survival is going to be different for everybody. Yes. Oh, how perfectly said. Perfectly even said. Like, no, because, like, oh, thank you. But he may not even says it for Vito when they're talking about Tartarus. And she's like, please, like, he might, he's not a bad person. He did what he needed to for his mom and his family. And I think, um, and this is just like another thing that why reading is so wonderful is it if, if you aren't empathetic before, perhaps you get those different insights that, um, that allow you to be more empathetic and see from a different perspective before staying in kind of like a very stagnant, closed-minded sort of way. Talking about survival, I love that in this final battle, the girls are all together, right? They're all together. They're like, what, you thought we were, you were just going to like, you, you thought, you thought, you thought. We, you would do this alone. That's consistent, though, too. <laughs> we, we just, we love it so much. So Serena, Vanessa, and uh, Caddy are, are hiding. They're all doing their thing. The guns are distractions. You know, we're, we're talking to Cassandra. We're getting evil plans. We're getting monologues. We're getting talking. Uh, we're getting, you know, angry. Yeah, there's a lot of bad guy monologues in <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're just, they're just talking. Monologue trope. I, I mean, remember when I thought about that. I was like, <sighs> go off, tell me more. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Uh, I love it. So, uh, Cassandra has, um, I, you know, I forgot to mention Cassandra starts getting premonitions like, uh, Himina, but hers don't end up coming true. We love this. Um, they're, they don't always come true for her. Um, so Serena does give Himina her power back from Cassandra in like a little like switcheroo power situation. We love that. We love everybody coming together. Um, and then Cassandra's premonition doesn't come true, but Jimena's does because she ends up kissing who? Wait, Colin? Colin. I I love them together. I love but them together. But I didn't together. realize that that was why the premonition... Oh, because, yes, because we know her... She had the premonition of her kissing Colin. We knew that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I love when they they do finally kiss. And then she's, like, seeing more premonitions of them together. And she's just, like, so giddy and giggly about it. And then you, in the second book, transitioning into that one, she's just like, Colin's my everything. I can't wait till he comes back from Hawaii, blah, blah, blah. And I love that Serena is not like, oh, oh my God, that's my brother. Like, you could tell she's just so happy that her brother, who she loves so much, and her best friend, who she loves so much, are like, yay, they get to be happy together. I don't need to know anything else. Yeah. But they're so happy together. <laughs> it's like, that's enough. Uh, but yeah. that, that is, that's a perfect example for how the books kind of build on each other. Um, so by the time we get to, and we're now into um, book four, The Secret Scroll, this is Caddy's book. Look at that, that hair. Love her. Uh, 
there it, it is plot heavy as fuck and uh colin is out of the picture he is in hawaii on like vacation and um himina just mentions it as you said like on and off uh but we we don't know about their relationship unless you read the previous book, so it's all like building. And the plot is so so delicious in this book. I love it. I love it so much. It gave me such um secret circle vibes. And oh. the secret circle is I mean, gone too soon. That show was canceled with um Phoebe, I, I believe. Phoebe right? Tonkin. Yeah, yeah, she was she was in like it was only 12 12 episodes maybe it was like a one season miniseries thing yeah so good netflix or Mm -hmm. wherever they sold all the cw content to yeah so good so good but this this book um definitely had secret circle vibes which you know secret school uh so this one opens with a little thing about celine being the darkest before the brightest um you know the moon so never give up hope and we open here with vanessa and her new boyfriend toby fuck this guy Fuck this guy. Everybody, from day one, from day nobody one, likes him. Everyone said, fuck you. Yeah. Love the girls coming together and being like... And they weren't quiet. And this is another thing. They weren't quiet about it. They were like, he's creepy. He's always around. He's always eavesdropping. Like, your, your whole thing about breaking up with Michael was because you weren't like you felt like he was being too clingy and not giving you enough you time and all of a sudden you have this guy who is worse like how are you okay with this this is completely uh, contradicting everything that you said and and um vanessa starts to act different Right. She starts to dress different because he wants because that's what he likes. And he wants to do this and he wants to do that. And there's so many references to her body language and being like she's she recoils from him. She like frowns at him. She doesn't like actually like him, um, but she will uh, willingly say that in air quotes, uh, like goes with him places and like chooses to be with him. It's so creepy. And when then you later also find out, but she like feels like she has to validate. She was like, when she has to use her powers, she has to think of like happy, calming thoughts. And she tells Caddy, she's like, but don't read into it. Don't read into it. Because that you find out that her happy, calming thoughts are thinking of Michael. Fair. <laughs> Is it, you know, when we find out what, what Toby looks like, God, he's so good and so patient. He's another, he's another, they all have one. like the ones that they're like love, like they're, they're picking good ones. These other problematic ones are like, eh, not so much. Uh, the, the secret scroll. I, I I like this book a lot, not only because it's plot heavy, but it's like a it's like a murder mystery, right? We open up yeah. with like the phone call, da da da, it's like Law and Order. Someone's dead. Have to go identify the body. Of um, it's Zoe Reese, uh, Caddy's biological mother, and I like how oh I can't think of her name. What's her name? Her Kendra? name is Kendra. I like how Kendra is like. Where's the fucking proof that this part like what? Give, give what? Where's the paperwork? Yeah, she like she was like, and she was like, you know what? You go sit down. Like, let me handle this. Mm-hmm. She was so good about it. She was so good about it. And she goes, "You called me. Why did you call me? You say you have these facts. How do I where know? Where are they? Yeah, where are they? You yeah, could have called anybody. My daughter is adopt. Like I adopted her. Yeah, I don't have any of this information. Yeah. What makes you think? How's she gonna identify her? What the fuck? What the yeah. fuck, lady? I, I, again, again. Uh, so much happens in this book, but it is compact enough that these little scenes are important because it establishes who Kendra is, uh, and and 
we we love we we absolutely love that and we've said this earlier too about these books in general and maybe not a lot of world building is needed because it is in like quote unquote present day um but i just you can get so much we have so much detail we have so much plot we have so much description but it's not overly flowery where these books are less than I mean, I read it on my um, like my iPad mini and it said 128 pages each book. Yeah. So, so this this size that I'm holding up is about 250. OK, so like and Laura has a physical copy mm-hmm. and it's not like a huge. It's it's small. It's it probably dimension. Yeah, it's yeah. small. It's narrow. It's probably like, what would you say, like four inches by eight inches, maybe. OK, it's the size of her phone. Little bit like lengthwise, yeah, and then width it goes. Um, yeah, it's probably like four inches, yeah, okay. just a crazy, crazy size. It's like, yeah, you could throw it in your bag, throw it in a purse, Easy. it's not gonna weigh you down. And I just, you, you get, I, you could go through them so quickly, so and you want to keep going too. Because what did we learn in this book? We finally get a glance. Our first look at the regulators. I was all about this. The static, right? This like build up scene in the morgue. Like it's very like secret men in black. Mm-hmm. But like, but like Kendra even says, she's like, it's the government. Because let's remember that Kendra always knew about Caddy having some sort of special ability, but never in her right mind thought it was going to be connected to being a goddess. She thought she was just from outer space because she found her, like, you know, near Roswell by Area 51, walking along the road. And she was, she never, she was one of those who, she doesn't trust the government to begin with. Like, fair, also. Fair. <laughs> I get it. Um, sorry, and like, FBI agent, we totally trust you. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Appreciate all your work. <laughs> yeah, thanks for helping us. Um, but she wanted to protect her daughter. And she goes, ah, and she goes, she, they were so familiar in the morgue. She's like, those are exactly the people that I saw, which is why we didn't even stop in the town that we were initially going to fall asleep in. Like, I know in my gut that they were looking for you. We're just going to drive through the night. And then you have, then, she finds, she reads all like the scroll, flash forward real quick, and she's like, what are you? And I'm like, your daughter is n- not, she's not an alien, and that's what you're worried about. Right. And even like, her da- like, what are we daughter- focusing on here? Can her daughter was even like, are you disappointed? She's like, yeah, I want to get the hell out of here too. <laughs> she's like, I thought you'd take me with you. It's like, yeah. well, damn. Okay. Okay. Let me unpack that. <laughs> Parental expectation. Damn. Just, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, if we travel back in time, haha, to Caddy and Vanessa traveling back in time, haha. Um, I, I, I do really like how Caddy kind of like, she's like, come on, come on, come with me, come with me. And Vanessa's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then, and Caddy's like, I don't give a shit, come with me. <laughs> like, I like when she was like, Guess I'm gonna have to do it by myself. myself. And let's not forget that you said that I shouldn't do anything by myself because it's too it's dangerous. dangerous. But yes. if you're putting me in this position, I guess I have to. 
Like, the mm-hmm. gaslighting. And she's like, oh, fine. And then they have like the shittiest landing of all time. I, th- I think that is really funny. She's like skidding on the sidewalk. I like when like Vanessa's kind of like, I'm never going to do it again. And Caddy's like, bold of you to assume we're even going to survive. Yeah, bold of you to think we're going to live through this, Vanessa, who can't control her molecules to keep us invisible. Miss <laughs> needs so to practice. Like, they've been best friends since they were five. If they did and interact like that i'd be shocked <laughs> it's it's amazing i love it and i like how they're like okay we're gonna like split up we're gonna like do all this stuff whatever um and then then caddy caddy gets the secret scroll how what do, what do you think about the secret scroll what do we think about the mysterious stranger all of that i I have a whole voice memo, and I guess I could share it here, that I was going to send you, and I, I, I spiraled. I went, like, <laughs> out in left field spiraled when I was like, oh, my God. I thought, here, you ready for it? I didn't Don't. tell you this, obviously. I thought that, okay, we find out the scroll. We, now, not only do we go in the past, we, like, triple, quadruple down. She goes back into the past of when she, her mother gave her up, Zoe gave her up. Stanton is there. The mother was telling Stanton all the drama. I thought, because part of the scroll said a fallen goddess and a follower, I was like, oh my God, Stanton, I go, Stanton's 1200 years. He's from the 1200s. <laughs> Stanton is, Stan is the baby daddy. It was Zoe. And that's why she went to him right away. And he protected her and has always looked over her. I, was like, Stan's dad. I was like, I got it. I got it. I was so ready. That's not the case. It's not the <laughs> case. some other follower. But when I put, I was like, oh, I got it. Finally. Finally, I got something right. I didn't. <laughs> well, they want you to think Stan, though, because they say like a high ranking, like high inner ranking. circle follower, like yeah. a long time. And she time. even said, she was like, I couldn't have been pregnant if I didn't if things didn't happen the way they did. But I knew you needed to be protected. And I feel like that's also like a running theme of like, I can't think of the other book immediately right now, where it's like, we had to protect your memories. So you didn't know who you were. And then you like, they grow up not thinking who they are. They're like, wait, so y'all knew the whole time and you were like hiding me from the government the whole or whatever. Time? The whole time. Maybe maybe it was Cricket. Cricket was kind of similar to that, that she was hidden on planet Earth. Yes, she was. Cricket was very, very much like that. Uh gosh, I wish I would have heard that voice that voice memo, but that was fucking hilarious. I have it. I, I recorded it and I even have the preface that says I'm recording it this way so you don't get it in the text right away so you don't know how far behind I am. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so I think we can say that there's a subplot. There are two like subplots here. One is with Vanessa and Toby and Vanessa and the, the kind of dis- discord that Vanessa sows between everybody through her, uh, influence by Toby because it's Vanessa that's like, yo, should we trust Maggie? Yo. Yo, yo, yo. So what's up with Maggie? Maggie never lets us do what we want to do. Maggie's always like, no, you should wait. You should wait. Which is really weird because that's also the part where, like, Humana is like, no, we should listen to her. And usually it's the other way where Vanessa is like the rule follower, all yeah. this, that, the other thing. And even Caddy was leaning towards Humana and there was that little voice in her head. Maybe it was like a loud voice and I just don't recall. Um, 
where they were like, you never followed the rules before. Why are you going to start now? But then we also get Vanessa has taken off her moon amulet uh, because it's like giving her a rash. She's like, I don't know. It was itchy. I thought that was so weird. That was like a huge, like, I mean, not that there were a lot of things that were obviously like glaring red flags, but I was like, nope, that was a boyfriend thing. I knew yep. right away. I yep. knew right away. He was already sus all the way up until that point. And I didn't trust him to begin with. Granted, I don't trust a lot of people. So I'm always wrong in these books. Um, but that was when I was like, no. No, she's like, my mom said it was like a reaction. I go, you have had that on your entire life. And all of a sudden you're getting a reaction to it. Bestie, no. Yeah, it's like bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, the second like subplot that we have here is like, and it has carried from books, I think two, three, and now four. Um, Caddy's lonely, right? Caddy's lonely and Caddy wants a boyfriend, like, Everybody else around her is like very happy and like in love and she's just left out and she's not really like secure in herself. They kind of tease her about like, look up when you're dancing. Like, don't look at your feet. Look around. Like, people really like you. I feel like Humana is the only one who like really helps her get out of that shell to get out of her insecurity um, to realize she's the one who holds the power the whole time, you know? And I also respect Caddy where she's also not like... Uh, this, for lack of being sensitive, um, she's not desperate enough to date anybody either. Like she's lonely, but she's like, but I'm not gonna be with the first person that throws themselves at me. And Humana is like, you're gonna look around. If this is, pl- you know, like dealer's choice. This is you. Everybody's looking at you. You don't even realize it because you're in your own head. And she's like, that one. Humana's like. Bet. Bet. It's like, she's like, here you go. Now to your friends. Go dance. Go dance now. And of course, that's Chris. And Chris, Chris is just like, uh, he's like weird, but like intense, but like sweet. The, the, the skater boy aesthetic that they were like, the Jenko jeans, which y'all look that up. It was because they were like, he was wearing extremely long shorts that were up to the tops of his shoes. I was like, oh, I know what those are. I know what that is. And then he had like the spiky hair and the studded belt with the chains. I was like, oh, man, this this boy, he was at the park listening to OG like Blink with Dude Ranch. Or yes. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. Oh, my gosh. But if we're talking about back in time. Uh, I want I want to talk about uh, first the sparks that keep like flying around whenever Chris is around, which I thought was like a giveaway. Um, but I, I want to talk about this time travel that Stanton does with Caddy, because once again, Stanton is coming in clutch because Caddy has not been able to go back to that moment before. She doesn't have like enough like oomph in her when she gets like into the tunnel. It's still only like I feel like reading this fourth book, we're still only she can only go back like 24 hours and if she goes back further it's kind of more of a jumping situation yeah so with stanton she like you know holds his hand and like gets all that energy whatever and they go back and i love this whole moment because i i like when time travel like kind of folds in on itself right so it's like the address with the test and the test is from before but she's got it and it's here and it's all like back and forth and then stanton knows her mom and the reader's like the fuck and it's just it's so fun um, and then she's like, here's your burned moon amulet. She's like, I thought I'd never get it back. But then, but then it's Zoe here that says, don't trust Maggie. 
Like, she's the one that says, don't trust Maggie again. So it's like, okay, Vanessa's being weird as fuck and she's saying, don't trust Maggie. But then my mom is also saying, don't trust Maggie. So, and that's the catalyst to get Caddy to go break into Maggie's house. <laughs> you know, as you as do. things are, yeah. <laughs> as you do, as you do. But it's so interesting because it's, again, because we're in different points of time where where Caddy is visiting her mom uh, you have at one point in this moment of desperation where she literally has a six-year-old that she's trying to save and she feels like the world is against her. She's like, don't trust this woman. Now you flash forward about 10 years, almost 10 years later, and she's like, I had a lot of inner work that I had to do. And I was just like mad Bad. because I did, which I do understand to an extent where, because we've had this conversation in general on the podcast of if you gave me all the information, we wouldn't be here, which is part of Zoe's frustration with Maggie. She was like, she told me to do X, Y, and Z, but she wasn't giving me the why. And if I knew the bigger picture, maybe some of my choices would have gone differently. That being said, I do know that I said some of those things to you 10 years ago um, out of frustration and different growth for me. So... Yeah, it, it it's and then we get to her like, you know, her beautiful scene at the end where it's all like light, love and forgiveness. We love it. But we're not also, there yet. though. Yeah, we're not there. Sorry. I'm like hopping all around. <laughs> no, Just like Caddy. Yeah, we're not there yet. Um, I, I do want to mention that Toby and Vanessa are dancing in like sexiness at Planet Bang. And, um, you know, it's like leather and they're very like in on it. And the comment is like, Vanessa would never do this. Yeah. Vanessa would never do this. She's doing well, this for a guy. Oh, yeah. Well, that and the whole wearing his boxers under his shorts and all that stuff. What was that? <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> What is the dress code? Right? And then even her friends are like, you know, granted, this is not to slut shame at all. I don't Mm -mm. believe in this. But this is, you know, we have to also remember the context of this book is like 2000s or something, early 2000s, um, where they were like, do you know what people are going to think? And she's like, so what if people... And I'm like, Vanessa, you are, you know... You care about this. Yeah, like you, this is stuff that you care about and was always like important to you. So like all of a sudden, where's the the switch flip kind of thing? Well, for dude, but it's my control. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, So the the secret scroll that Caddy got from Chris has been given to Maggie for translation and safekeeping. um, But Maggie breaks into or no, Caddy breaks into Maggie's apartment. Um, with Vanessa, like, watching or whatever. Um, and she she takes it, right? She takes it? Am I remembering that correctly? Caddy takes it. Yeah, Caddy yeah. takes it because because she sees Maggie with some regulators uh, right. bringing them into the apartment. And she's like, what's this? What is this? And then Vanessa's with her, so they have to, like, get out of there with her invisibility. In the balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be so scary. I like how Caddy is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? We could have been dead. We could have materialized and, like, been right there. She's like, we didn't. Did you die? (laughs) But did you die, though? Did you die, though? (laughs) That was Vanessa. (laughs) That was Vanessa. And, you know... (laughs) As weird as Vanessa has been acting this whole book, that part where she was like... Uh, say less. <laughs> um, I I did appreciate because like she pulled it off, you know, by the seat of her pants. I do. I really do love it. Um, the translation of the secret scroll. I wrote it down. 
The Secret Scroll Translation. The child of a fallen goddess and an evil spirit will take possession and not, it will take possession of the scroll and not fear the curse because there is a curse on the scroll that um, whoever owns it will like die, I guess, more or less. Um, interestingly, Stanton claims that his family and his father are the rightful like keepers of the scroll. So Stanton is like helping her to kind of be like, you know, quid pro quo kind of thing. Like, hello. That's part of the reason why I thought he was also dad, because I was like, oh, my God, if he's supposed to, if it's his family and she's an heir, that means she could technically be his heir. I, you should see my <laughs> I'm going to send it to you after we record. Oh, I know. I love it. I, but it's true. It's true. Like, I totally understand, like, where I think we're supposed to think that um, the curse, though, is slowly killing Kendra. But Caddy is unaffected. But Kendra has been like handling it and translating it and trying to be like very helpful because this is her field of expertise. Um, we get Caddy and Zoe having a nice conversation before Zoe like accepts her like, you know, fate and like goes off and everything. Um, I love this because we get some we get some information about the transformation and like the the thought process behind that. Well, this is the first time that we've really had additional information from the about the transformation of like what they decide to do at 17. Like, will they go into like the next phase and remember everything or will they go on to the next phase and say, you know what, I'm not going to pursue my goddess form, fate, um, and I get to forget everything. What I liked about this moment was that it felt full circle from the beginning of the book where this is the moment you find where she goes, she's not, uh, Zoe basically is telling Caddy like, oh, how did you know I was here? All this stuff, this, that, the other thing. Wait. And then she goes, wait, don't tell me because it probably has something to do with my future or my fate. Like it was kind of like that moment too. And then um, we also know it's that moment that she accepts her fate is her body in the backyard, which we know from the beginning of the book, that's how Caddy finds her mom's, you know, or Zoe's body, her biological mother's body in the morgue. Like it's like this full circle moment that she knows the why um, it's all just very secular, but it oh, it only makes sense because of the time traveling thing. Like it's those pieces you put together when it comes to sci-fi. It, it's so fun. It's it's so fun. Um, and then what is the information that we get here? Um, Caddy's mom could move things with her mind, like that was her power. Um, really love that. And she went she went to the Atrox because she was afraid, right, of the transformation. I love this. You know, we here at Akafe love consistency. We love consistency. And one thing that we have always been consistent about is be specific with your wishes. So when Miss Zoe goes to the Atrox and she's like, you know, I, I want to be, I want to live forever. I want to live forever. They were like, bet. But you're going to age forever too. Uh, nightmare situation. Nightmare situation. No, thank you. Um, always be very specific with, with your wishes. I still don't have the specifics of what my wishes would be. They're so general that I know I'd get fucked. So I wouldn't yeah. even make them just yet. I'd be like one of my, see, I can't even say like one of my wishes would be give my wishes to Laura because she has them down because then I feel like just that, even that general would be like, but you didn't say when you didn't say when it could be. For, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You just, you just have to be so specific. It's like such a, it's such a thing, but I, I do really like that. 
Um, and uh, I do like that Zoe like goes to Celine. It's like a whole acceptance thing, and you know she does finally uh, go, and and she gets a second chance, which I also think is important and a nice theme here too. Um, you know, forgiveness and and a second chance for everybody. My note here is Chris is a stranger and Toby is a nasty regulator who takes Vanessa. And that's about right. Um, the the regulators are, are scary, I think. I, I do believe that. Well, even with Toby, this is another, you know, another, I don't want to say battle, but it was another instance where, you know, Toby, you know, it was, uh, Caddy either had to burn the scroll or he was going to take Vanessa. And, you know, and Caddy was like, no, it's, I, I'll do what you need me to do. Just let my friend go. And what I really liked about, you know, they finally meet up at like Griffin Park, like observatory or wherever, um, to the carousel and friends come through again. Like, friends come through. Every time they're like, you didn't think we're going to let you do this. Like they had a plan, but there was communication and they were going to say, you know, I just love that they're always constantly there for each other. Um, It might not be the second because obviously like in the last two books that we've learned, like they're like, I'll do it myself. It's fine. I don't need all of this. Um, I really like they're like, okay, well, you didn't tell us before little upset about that but we'll work through it because we always work through it and we always talk it through and um we'll come out stronger the other on the other end and they constantly sometimes it's even like we gotta put our personal shit aside because there's a bigger picture and they respect each other and they're able to work through it through all of that and i really like that yeah they do not and not only that so it's not only like a strong like friendship group but also um celine comes to visit to visit Caddy and she's like, why are you following the rules, Caddy? Like, Caddy, you never follow the rules. Like, be true to your, be true to yourself. Um, which is like the second time now bet- between these two books that that has kind of been like drilled in. Like, it's inside of you. You can do it. Uh, love that. Love that. Miss that as a child. Love it now. Love it now. Uh, I want to talk about the dragon. I want to talk about the dragon stencil that Caddy puts, I think, on her thigh. Miss Ma'am. Um, between her like slit. How did I like? I feel like I glanced over that. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah, she I like, feel like it's I was, a like, whole reading, stencil. Like... Yeah, and she gets like all. They don't really go into her outfit, and on the cover, it's just like a black, black like tank top. Um, I know she talks about like a split, like tube top that they got from um Vanessa's mom's closet, but like there isn't a lot of detail in her battle outfit, which is like kind of upsetting. Uh, but she does have the fake scroll because like that's just genius. Like let's let's do that. Um and then again yeah the park and the carousel um you know Toby Toby and his whole his whole situation. And I do I do love the decoy I do love the decoy, um, but I don't love how after all of this is happening and like Toby finds out and there's like a battle and time and like in the tunnel and all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. um, Caddy just like goes home. He's like, go get this girl. She's like, okay. And then, like goes home and like gets it from her desk. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I thought like, I feel like, and granted, I know it's the length of the book, the short, but I also feel like why did, this out of all of the other battles feel like they were stuck in the the time vortex i guess you can call it hovering they were like just drop us wherever we are in time we'll just drop here and she's like i can't he's controlling everything and i just felt like and the next thing you know like they're at school when yeah, everything's done like, no, and i was like wait what i feel like i missed something here because how is it that how did it end that abruptly i go 
and and I kind of feel a little bit like that with the third book too, where I was like, wait, that's it? Like, where's Cassandra and Carl and Morgan? Like, they're all supposed to be, but like, that's also, I guess, like, those are the ongoing questions because you're like, where the fuck is everybody going? They're just like, oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, the same thing can be argued with the series with Buffy, where you're like, where, that's it? That's the end of the episode? Where the fuck is everybody? We're yeah, just going to keep acting what? like it's fine. We're just walking home now? What's going yeah. on? Like, okay, okay. But that is what, that is more or less what happens because after the battle, it's just like she goes home, she talks to Kendra. Kendra's okay. Kendra's getting better. Like, we're all feeling good. And then, and then Caddy has a conversation with Chris and Chris is like, we can't be together. Uh, I'm old right now. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> like someday. Yeah. Someday we can be together, but like I'm on the run. You know, I, I got things to do. People are after me. I, I'm on this like, I actually have to find the scroll now. And she's like, my bad. And he's like, no, you did the right thing. But I, but my job is literally the keeper of that scroll. Yeah, so gotta go. And I done <laughs> fucked up. I cannot find it. Yeah. So I gotta go do that. I gotta go find it because the scroll is lost somewhere in the tunnel. And, and that's how the book ends. That's how the book ends. Um, and then we have, like, I'm looking at books five and six in front of me. Um, so much plot in here and every book i love this because every book is getting us closer and closer and closer and closer to the decision that everybody has to make and i'm just like so interested in all of this um just do you like these books i love these books thank you so much once again laura for like introducing them into my life because it's so fun because i think sometimes we'll cover books and we might not have the same elation but we still want to like we still want to read the book that doesn't mean we're going to be like super excited and glary but we we still get to have our discussions out of them but this one's always like a fun um read because i think i told you um you were like, I don't have a lot of notes. And I said, neither do I. And I was starting to, I was going like highlight crazy. And I go, no, these books are just supposed to be about vibes. Like that's the whole thing. Cause we could still pull stuff out of them. Um, do you have a favorite character or favorite, uh, like, or even like a favorite character and a favorite book? Cause that could be different too. You could be like, this is my favorite character, but this is my favorite book. And you know, or it could be one and the same. Excellent questions. Thank you for asking. I really love Serena. I think Serena is my favorite character so far um, as well. And my favorite book is that that was right. Favorite character, favorite book. Yeah. Uh, Favorite book, I think, is I I think favorite book is also Serena into the cold fire because we it's like a little bit more mysterious. We're like just getting Stanton. It's like bad boy secretive. It's still everything isn't like kind of fleshed out yet. So I still really like that. Um which is a good transition to book number five. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to ask you before we even got started. I was like, because I didn't want to look ahead. I was, I said, you know, I'm going to wait to talk to you to see like what happens next in the book, in, in the series, because we already have our four main females and we have each one of those. And you said, well, funny enough, you say that because I have book five. And what is book five, Laura? Book five, book five is called The Sacrifice. And it is, <clears throat> I'll read the back for you. Stanton <laughs> is in love with Serena, but it is a relationship that can never be. B. Serena is a daughter of the moon, a force of good whose mission it is to stop him and his kind. But Stanton has been trying to stay away from Serena, but their secret is out. He will have to choose between the life he has always known and a love that could destroy the person he cares about the most. The Sacrifice. 
extent. So obviously we're going to Obviously we'll go that. there. We'll go there, but but I I must know Jess, who is your favorite character and which is your favorite book so far? Um I'm still holding steady with Humana as my favorite my favorite character. Um and I want to and I want to say it's probably between books 2 and books 3 that are my favorite. I think I would uh, yeah. It's going to be between the two books. Nothing against the other ones. I feel like the first book obviously starts setting us up. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I feel like that's, tri- you know, that's pretty consistent with any type of series is that like the first book is always just like the jumping off point. And then you could kind of discover more and you learn more about the characters. Um, but yeah, I really, I really love Humana. I like, she's just so wonderful. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm so glad that you love these books and that you want to continue to read them. Um, so I guess we will do uh, five, The Sacrifice, and six. Six is very fun. Six is called The Lost One with a stranger on the cover who we do not know. See, and that's what made me wonder because the stranger on the cover, like, will, and I guess that it's also like interesting with book five, if it's going to be like a Stanton-centric book, most of the books that we cover are very much like female-led books. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Stanton is not, this would be like if we read the Reese point of view, um, we would be like, oh my God, I'd be eating that shit up. So now I don't even know. Maybe this is a continuation or maybe it's one through four from Stanton's point of view. I don't know. I'm going to go into it blind like I usually do. <laughs> um, but interesting with the who this mystery person is on the sixth book because you said you're like nope we haven't we haven't met that person nope. yet have not very excited to meet that person so thanks for joining us this week um we feel free to follow us on Instagram we're at Akfe Podcast we're also both on TikTok Akfe Laura and Akfe Jessica thanks so much and we'll talk to y'all soon bye bye.